Have you ever gotten feedback and someone say that your lesson isn't rigorous enough? Or do you have students who blot out the answers but can't tell you how they solved the problem? Have you ever had your students say, oh, this is too easy? It's time for us to talk about adding rigor inside your classroom. Today in the copy room. Hey, I'm Torian, and welcome to the Copy Jams Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. Copy Jams is geared towards classroom teachers, and each week I share some of the challenges I've overcome and am working to overcome as a classroom teacher. I've worked in education for the last eight years, and I'm learning more and more each day. And this podcast is my chance to share what I'm learning with you. Each podcast covers a topic I've researched and have dealt with as a classroom teacher. My goal is to empower teachers, provide techniques and strategies, help maximize teacher capacity, and enable your ability to lead in the classroom. For more information and show notes, you can visit www.open-academy.org. And let's jump into today's topic. Rigor is one of the buzzwords used a lot in education. But what does it actually mean? Is it giving our students more work? Is it just giving them harder work? Barbara Blackburn, author of the book, Rigor is not a four-letter word, shared the most common myths about rigor. The myths are rigor means a lot of work and rigor means just doing more work or that rigor is not for everyone and that rigor means if we take away or if we provide support, we're reducing the rigor and that resources does not equal rigor. Now, I'm not going to shatter all those myths with today's podcast, but I do want us to understand that rigor is necessary to get students to understand content more deeply. There are so many definitions for what rigor is. Some say it's the quality of thinking, not the quantity. It's about high expectations that include effort from the learner. Rigor is deep immersion into a subject area. When I think of rigor, I think of it as shifting the cognitive work onto the students, with the teachers as the facilitators of learning. My goal is to help students think about what they're thinking about, metacognition, and moving towards understanding a concept or a procedure more holistically. The challenge is trying to infuse that into our classrooms in a way that doesn't overwhelm our students. And here are some things that you can do to add rigor into your lesson. First, thinking about requiring your students to use evidence to support their reasoning and use academic language when defending their answers. Here we really want our students to go back into the text to find the evidence for their answers. They need to tell you specifically what math strategy or reading strategy they're using and why. They should be able to name the steps in each process and be very articulate when they do so. Another way we can add rigor is by asking our students to build off each other's answers and to think about the how instead of just the answer. To build off off others' answers, I'm asking my students to help um, articulate why a student found a certain answer or how a student found a certain answer. Yes, I know that two plus two is four, but how did you get to four? I might ask my students, How did that person get an answer? How did your classmate get that answer? If your answer is different or your answer is incorrect, I'm still going to ask you, how did you get your answer? 
with the hope that you'll go back and think about what you did incorrectly and what you need to do differently to improve your answer. I really want the students in my classroom to think back to the process in order to ensure everyone is on the same page. This is also the time where you would want students to go back into the text to tell you how they got their answer. Don't just give me the evidence. Why did you pick this particular piece of evidence? Why does this evidence best support your answer? And ask them if they were able to eliminate any other pieces of evidence or any other information to help them have the right answer. Another thing that you can do to build rigor into your classroom is to have students summarize what and how they're learning that day. I shared before that during my checks for understanding, I usually ask my students a series of questions of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. This is a way students can infuse that academic language into their answers. I take some of the cognitive lift off of my shoulders and move it to my students to get them to tell me exactly what and how we're doing things. And here, again, I'm very specific in, I'm expecting you to use some academic language. Don't tell me that we're just adding numbers today. I want you to tell me that we are using the base 10 method. We're using a place value chart to do regrouping today. Uh, one more thing we can do, and I think I have about two or three more things we can do to add rigor, but we can raise expectations by requiring all of our students to provide answers. We'll talk more about uh, holding all students accountable when we go into some of our cooperative learning work, but we're going to raise the expectations by expecting all the students to provide answers. So in my class, one of the things I often do is tell my kids to to put your hands down. I'm not calling on I'm not calling anyone who just raises their hand. I'm going to use my equity sticks. Equity sticks add rigor to the classroom because the teacher gets to call on every student. You know, you take one popsicle stick out until everyone has a chance to answer. Now, the most important part of requiring everyone to have an answer is no. Not everyone in your classroom is going to know the answer, but what you do is if you call on the student who may need more support, you may call on the next student not to give you the answer, but to give that other student support. So how it looks in my classroom is student A will get asked a question and they'll say, uh, uh, I didn't get an answer yet. And my next question is, I'm looking for someone who can give student A a hint as to how they can solve the problem. Don't give us the answer. So how can he solve the problem or what resource can she use to solve the problem? And most of my kids have already gotten into the habit of saying, oh, well, Mr. Branch gave us notes. If you look on your paper at question two, it looks very similar to question two. And that's the way you can answer the question. So we're adding some rigor by getting the kids to know that, yes, I'm still going to expect you to answer this question. However, um, we're going to get you some support to actually answer those questions. Um, another thing that's really important is use non-examples inside of your instruction and require your students to evaluate incorrect answers. Now, you guys know I'm using this math curriculum that I don't really like. However, it does do a really good job of asking students to evaluate um, math problems and to articulate in word form how students got incorrect answers. I think this adds a lot of rigor for our students because most times they're just used to solving problems without having to um, articulate how or why they got a particular answer. So using those non-examples. And even still, this is where you go back to students who may have the incorrect answer and you ask another student, okay, 
where did this person make this mistake and how can you fix it? Or why did they get this answer and you have this answer? What's the correct answer? This really gets your students thinking about uh, the right way or the correct way of following the steps so that everyone's on the right page and we all have the right answer. So I talked a lot about adding rigor to your classroom. Okay, but one of the things that we also have to think about is overdoing it on the rigor inside your classroom. Yes, you want your students to solve complex word problems. And yes, we want our students to read complex text. But we think about staying within our students' instructional level and within the standards. So don't try to go and teach your, your third graders fifth grade standards. Let's, let's focus on the third grade standards first. Let's focus on where our students need to be uh, show mastery at the end of this grade level. Yes, we know we may need to go backwards and teach some second grade stuff and maybe some first grade stuff, but we're not going to go too far forward because our little ones are going to get um, be very overwhelmed, okay? So we're not, we're not jumping multiple grade levels, and we're going to be more deliberate in asking questions. We're going to get the students to articulate how questions should be answered. Again, going back to the, the comparison. Rigorous and hard are not the same thing. I'm going to say that again. Rigorous and hard aren't the same. Rigor is more about how we think and how we respond to a question. So a rigor, for me, one of the ways I really add rigor, and I didn't write this in my, in my notes, but one of the ways I add rigor is I take away multiple choice questions. I take away the multiple choice questions because it really forces students to think about the correct answer. And I know some of you all will say, well, you can make multiple choice questions really hard. Yeah, you can, but you still have a choice for the answer. By taking it away, you're requiring the students to really do that cognitive lift on their own without having any um, any support in terms of, of um, having an answer. And yes, I know it's one of those myths providing support will decrease the rigor in the classroom. But for me, multiple choice is one of those ways. Have your students just find that evidence in the text. You don't have to always give them the options for where that evidence is. Yes, you can make the questions more challenging. But for me, right now, I just take them away. As an educator, we're doing our students a disservice by constantly doing the heavy lifting of the content for them. We have to position ourselves to help them think about what and how they're doing things in order to move them forward. How are you using rigor inside your classroom? What are you doing that's already rigorous? How can you build upon what was shared today to increase rigor inside your classroom? I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day listening to Copy Jams. I hope you were able to get something super useful out of today's episode. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Please share this podcast with your friends who could also benefit. Leave a review for us on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts as we're building this resource for teachers. Join in on this and many other conversations by visiting www.open-academy.org. Talk to you guys soon.